Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to oh, I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Welcome to Radical Australia Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3CR.org. Do we have a guest for you today? But before we introduce the guest, we've got the old person here, the old dull person. Hello, Your Highness, Empress <laughs> Dowager Dale Bridge. How art thou? I'm reasonably well. How are you, Joe? I've never seen you so good. What's going on with your life? Uh, don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's not worth hearing. No, no, it's the same. Here. I was um, having a nap upstairs and I had to knock on the door to wake me up. Unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> this is what happens when you do 6am protests. What's wrong with me? Mm. Now, I'm sure Julie Moss has no interest in our pathetic lives. She has her own great life. Good afternoon, Julie. Afternoon, Joe. Afternoon, Dale. Yeah, you have to say you have to be nice to <laughs> Her job there is to pull me off. I'm the pit bull. Okay. And she's holding my collar. And if I bite too deeply, Julie, she'll kick me, all right? I've heard you've been a bit naughty, Joe, so yeah. I've been naughty? I've heard. Me? Mm. Really? Mm. God, I didn't know that. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Who would have thunk that? Would have thought that? Me, naughty. Unbelievable, Julie. Now, Julie, we asked two questions on Radical Australia. Remember, this is about you. It's not about me, not about Dale, not about the stupid listeners. It's about you. Okay? Okay. You can't nod. This is live radio. You've got to speak, all right? I'm nodding. You're nodding. I know you're nodding. All right, Julie, now. Two questions. The first one takes 15 seconds to answer. The next one takes 55 minutes and 45 seconds. What year were you born? 1965. You're a youngster. 65. 65. 1965. Yep. You're barely out of your diapers at 65. (laughs) You're born in 65. You know, I could be be a father. (laughs) Well, maybe. 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 Who knows? (laughs) I'm not suggesting that. If you well, I haven't met your mother. That's all right. (laughs) Now, sixty-five. What's the first thing you remember about being on planet Earth? Um, Well, I was about three years old, sharing a a bedroom with my sister Jane, who's younger than me by about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I woke up in the middle of the night, really frightened, Mm -hmm. and it's pitch black. Mm -hmm. And the cupboard door opened. And my heart was like in my mouth and I saw this black cat that came out of the cupboard door Mm. and padded its way over to the landing and then went down the stairs. A black cat. A black cat. And mum and dad didn't believe me in the morning. Did the black cat have a broom? (laughs) (laughs) 
A black cat. A black cat came in the cupboard. In the cupboards, yeah. Where was this? Oh, this was um, in Hillingdon. So this is uh, London London Borough of Hillingdon, which is where I was born. London Borough of Hillingdon. Yeah. Where's that? Northwest London. Northwest London. That's the top of London we never hear about, isn't it? That's right. It's the old boring part. Yeah, nobody talks about it. So what were your parents doing in Northwest London? Oh, Dad was a radio engineer Mm -hmm. and Mum was a receptionist. Right. Pretty dull beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it's about as dull as my parents, they were farmers, you know. But that's why we're here. That's why we're extraordinary people, you and I, Julie. We won't say Dale is. <laughs> Hillingdale. Hillingdon. Hillingdon. Hillingdon, yeah. Hillingdon. Yeah. And did you have any other brothers and sisters apart from the one you were with? No, it's just uh, Jane and I. Just Jane and I. And is it, I assume your parents have died, have they? No, Dad's, what? Uh, Dad's 83 this year and Mum is 77. Where are they? they they've moved to Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire? Which, yeah, sort of... Mm. Um, I assume they're listening to the program you know, <laughs> on the World Wide Web. I assume they're the World Wide Web. I assume they're internet uh, gurus, are they? Uh, no, 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 they don't use anything like computers. They don't. No, just the telephone. Even that's a bit much for them. Well, but, I yeah. think that's pretty normal. Yeah. How do they feel about you um, coming to the land of the, you know, the brown and was it brown and liver and whatever? Not the long white cloud. That's New Zealand. But we'll, we'll talk about that. So you went to school, I see. Yep. Did you do preschool? Uh, no. In, in England, we start school at uh, four and a half to five. So uh-huh. I started when I was four and a half. Obviously, you're a child genius. That's what you started at four and a half. <laughs> no, they all start. But in, in Denmark, they only start at seven. So Seven in yeah. Denmark. That yeah. explains a lot of things about the Danes when I was there. Have you been to Denmark? <laughs> no, I haven't. No, well, when you go, you'll know what I mean. Yeah, they're a pretty intelligent lot. So four and a half, mm-hmm. when did you go to primary school? I went to South Ryslip Primary School. Excuse me. South Ryslip, that's in Middlesex. Which in Middlesex, is, yeah. It's the old county. That now right. it's changed over to Hillingdon, Hillingdon, London Borough of Hillingdon, yeah. You're very English. <laughs> I know. You couldn't get more English, could you? <laughs> you can have a drink of water if you wish. Oh, thanks. You know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll uh, kind of uh, stumble over words while you um, swallow the water. You're right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've already dried up, have you? Mm, I remember, this is live radio. You can't nod. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have had several wines before I came on, so that's probably You've had right. several wines. <laughs> several wines, young so Julie. Few, yes, I have. What, what type of wines? Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc, yeah. Oh, three beer. New Zealand or uh, South Australia? It was a New Zealand one, Mark. Yeah, I thought so, yeah. You've got, mm. you got that New Zealand lisp about you, you know. <laughs> Well, you don't need wine hmm. to take wine when you come. I'm a pussycat. Dale's the one you've got to worry about. She <laughs> asks the hard questions when she pulls me off. Um, all right, what's primary school like? Oh, it's, uh, it's all right, I suppose. Just pretty dull. Huh? Pretty boring. And nothing you excelled in? No, we used to play card games. Excuse me? We used to play card games. In card primary games. school? In primary school, What, yeah. poker? Uh, <laughs> strip uh, strip poker, what? Trump, Trumps, yeah. 21. Yeah. 21s, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all you remember about primary school. Oh, what else did we do? <laughs> I remember Adrian Delicata. So he was my friend there. Adrian. Adrian, was yeah. Was this a long lost love that we should know about? Or maybe, well, maybe he's listening on the net. You never know, Julie. He's a train driver now. Is he? Yeah. In Hillingdale. Don. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember much else about it. So the uh, school was just down the bottom of the road. Uh, so there was no great teachers there that kind of set you off on a uh, tangent in your life or uh, not confused really. you, just did you think? And then what happens then? You do O-levels or something after that, do you? Yeah, that's right. So you mm. go on to secondary school and then you do your O-levels at um, mm. 15. And obviously you were a genius, were you? Ah. Uh, I was put in for a few, and then I only passed about three, so I had to retake some. What, the O-levels? Yeah. That's no good. What, what, do you th- what do you think that happened for? Do you know, I don't know. I think mm. they put me in for too many. Did you, you hadn't discovered boys or love or something at that stage. Was that the problem? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I just got bored. You got bored. <laughs> yeah. Look, if we had a camera here, you'd see Julie blushing. But <laughs> I think it's the why. So don't worry about it. See, that's the great thing about being a, a talk show. People can't see your face. Oh, I yeah. can, Dale can. A face or radio, that's what I've got. No, Julie, you've got an extraordinarily interesting face. Thank you. No, seriously, no, seriously. People think that you've got to be beautiful to be interesting. I'm not saying you're not beautiful, but I'm just saying that you have an extraordinarily expressive face. Which is unusual when you're talking to a lot of people because you look, you think you're looking, you're talking to a brick wall sometimes, isn't that right, Dale? She has got an extraordinarily expressive face, hasn't she, Julie? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so young lad, lass, <coughs> lad, lass, lass. Fifteen O levels, not that good. What happens? Um, so I retook them, and mm. then oh, I did some work as a cub reporter. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. When did you yeah. leave school? How old were you? Oh, mate, 17. I went to so, art school. So that's 1982? Yeah. You went to art school? Yeah. Where, where? Oh, that was in Ealing, so that's West Ealing. London as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of all these places, but I've never actually met somebody who's been there. <laughs> it's not the places you go to in London, is it? <laughs> Ealing Film Studios. I'm just going to take a little sip. Oh, you can take a sip of water. Yeah, look, have we got that Savion Blanc, Dale, anywhere? Under the desk. Under the desk, Thank is you. it? You didn't bring a bag with you, did no, you? No, I wish I had, yeah. <laughs> Been there. It, is, it can be a lot of pressure, you know, doing a one-to-one interview for an hour about yourself. Okay. All right, so Ealing Studios. So, Cub Reporter. Yes. For whom? Murdoch? <laughs> <laughs> it was a little local paper for the Ealing, it's called the Ealing and Chiswick Gazette. <laughs> And, uh, and what? Ealing and Chiswick Gazette, it was tiny. Uh-huh. And I was so nervous. Uh, I think I only lasted three months. So, yeah. But we we did sell a, a good story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I interviewed yeah. once um, a very famous um, Victorian crime reporter. His name was Tom Pryor. And I asked him what was his first job, because he used to work for the Herald Sun, the paper that's for you. And he said, as a 13-year-old cub reporter... He would go with the crime reporter to the victim's family and it was his job to steal a photo if he'd been murdered or raped so they could actually publish it the next day. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the editor actually asked me. One guy um, was in hospital because he was in a train accident and mm-hmm. she asked me to phone up the hospital and pretend that I was his sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's one I, I, I couldn't do it, so I said no. No, so that's so it's a pretty common story, isn't it? yeah. They ask them. Yeah. Good. A lot, a lot of them are, yeah. So you had, you had principals at the age of 17? I did. Uh, what, was that your mum and dad or just you just felt... It was dad, really. Uh, um, how did it influence you? 
Oh, he influenced me quite a bit. Mm. So Grandad um, was born in Surrey. He was a groom, so he grew up on a farm. Mm. And then, of course, when the cars came in... Yeah, it's only blood. cars came in. No, he, went to, he was a chauffeur. All right. So um, he was a chauffeur for some quite classy people, and they yeah. used to phone up him all the time and dad would pick up the phone and they'd say you know moss is moss there and moss moss moss, moss. <laughs> so dad decided that uh, he didn't want anything to do with the class system and he wanted to be an electronics engineer right. going to radio um mm. and just to stuff it to him really yeah, yeah. so he always brought jane and i up to be uh, to say look you've got a voice yeah. you can you can you're just as good as anyone else and mm. um mm. don't let people grind you down so he gave you a, a Oh, yeah, a sense of purpose and a sense of being, did he? Is that you, you had a worth as a human being? He was fair, mm. yeah, mm. he was mm. fair. Yeah, it reminds me of a story. I was doing a little protest outside the uh, Victorian Justice Department this morning at 11.30, and there's this gentleman who's a chauffeur, like your dad, Moss, and he was, uh, and all I could say is thank God for mobile phones. Here he was in his black Mercedes, outside the Justice Ministry, waiting for God knows who to come down and jump in the car. And we were there for about an hour. He spent all the time looking at his mobile phone. So I don't know what your dad would have done in those days. Oh, that, yeah, I mean, that's Grandad. Grandad did Grandad. that, so, yeah. yeah but, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, he used to chauffeur around the Mitford sisters, you The know? Mitford sisters, who were they? Tell us about them. Oh, they were... <laughs> <laughs> they were the ones that... Well, one of them supported... Um, Mosley in the black shirts. Oh, that's nice. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. After the war, there was yep. a place for them in society, was there? <laughs> in the chauffeur, yeah. In the, chauffeur. In the car. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of stories there. Uh, can you tell us one that your granddad kind of shared? Uh, I'm sure they're both <laughs> dead, Dad. They're not going to see and you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's too rude. It's, it's too, too rude. It's is too it? rude for this time of the afternoon. Is it? No, it didn't yeah. involve sweaty hot bodies in the back of a car. Uh, Move on. I'm getting a bit excited. Look, this is 416. This is Radical Australia. A community radio, 3CR. This is not 3CR pornographic radio. You go to the net and go on the webcab for that. Now, so what happens after it? Or cub reporter after a three month career? <laughs> Uh, then I went into um, computer graphics, and uh, then I got involved in graphic design. Went hang into on, hang, on, hang on, computer graphics in the yeah. late nineteen eighties. Yeah, you would have been right there at the beginning. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We actually learnt coding um, uh-huh. like it was a knitting pattern. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So it's a sort of half and half female to male then. And did you have those little pieces of paper with little holes in them? Or was that before that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Knit one pearl too. I don't know. Yeah, because I remember, I remember my first, I was doing this computer thing, I think it must have been, very, very early stage, and they had pieces of paper with holes in them, and the computer was as big as a four rooms or something. That's right, it? you could fry eggs on them. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what do you think about all that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, who else knows? <laughs> I don't know. I think what's happened is, I mean, I used to be, so going on from what mm. you were saying, mm. um, I was working for Honeywell Bull in um, designing patient bed systems right. for hospitals. Right, right. And we found out that uh, the programmer for doing the bed system mm. had actually programmed in bugs that were going to, Come up. He knew when they were going to come up. 
Right, so he could, so, come, so he could come back in and, and fix, fix the and NHS. Extra, yeah. Extra money. yeah, so I think it's kind of, you know, um, I don't know, problems on problems on problems. It never gets really mm, solved. Mm. Well, we had a bloke like that in Melbourne once. Yeah. He used to go around breaking shop windows and then he'd repair them the next day. Yeah. Yeah, same, prom- same concept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so how long did you last there? At Honeywell Bull? Mm. Oh, not long. <laughs> not long? <laughs> not, not long, well, Joe. What was the ethical dilemma, Julie? Come on. <laughs> well, we all got sacked. You got oh, sorry, sacked. laid off. We all got, yeah. All the healthcare team got laid off um, because it wasn't profitable. Uh-huh. So then I was already doing, I was already volunteering for um, a Down Syndrome mm-hmm. Society yep. and a mental health um, mm-hmm. place. How old were you then? Uh, Honeywell Bull or the Down Syndrome? No, how old were you? Oh, how old? Oh, gosh, I must have been 20. Why would a young 20-year-old in Swing, London, in the early 1990s, volunteer for a Down Syndrome Society or a mental health? That's unusual, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you could... um, I mean, I've always worked in disabilities and with mental health, Mm -hmm. and I think what you can see when you're working with people with these difficulties is that you see you see the spirit come shining through they're not going to lie because mm. they haven't got the words to lie mm. Mm. and and you can really you can really get to there's a real emotional that's a wonderful connection. wonderful turn of phrase you can see the spirit shining through of people with different abilities yeah that's an extraordinarily clever insightful statement is that what attracted you to that type of work or yeah, I think so. Mm. So what were you actually doing? Oh, at the learning disability, well, the Down syndrome place, we were just playing snooker and... Mm-hmm. and well, you had all yeah. that experience with cars in primary school. <laughs> 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 Misspent youth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so just it was just a like an evening thing, so yeah. helping people there. Mm. Um, and then with the, uh, yeah. Mm. Were you still living at home then? Uh, kind of in and out, really. What do you mean in and out? What's going on here, Julie? Remember, it's afternoon radio. <laughs> I'm looking at the others here. Um, you look at this. Oh, I kind of... <laughs> There's no black hats here, you can relax. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, so I left home when I was maybe 17. Right. Um, moved around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. What, central London again? North-west London? So, all sorts. So London and up to Sheffield, so all around. Really. Sheffield? Yeah, Sheffield, Leeds. Um. Sheffield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is no. I spent some of my misspent youth <laughs> in Sheffield in 1979. Did you? Oh, I've never been to a more boring, dreary place. You haven't been to the Tinsley Working Men's Club then? The what Working Men's Club? <laughs> the Tinsley Working Men's Club. Oh, tell us about the Tinsley Working where, Men's Club. I was a barmaid there, mate. You're a barmaid. Oh yeah. 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 Sticky floors and everything, all lino. Sticky floors. Sticky floors. It was, it was rough there. How, how did a young woman like you end up at a, as a barmaid at the Tinsley Working Men's Club? Well, I left my job and then... Again? I thought, <laughs> I, thought, I thought I might as well get a job here. So I, I asked in the pub and yeah. they said, yeah, come in. Can you pill a pint? I said, oh, I can. Okay. <laughs> and then they gave me a job. How long did you last there for? Oh, about a year until yeah. I came back down to London again. So what would a day entail at the Tinsley Working Men's Club in Sheffield? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be mopping the floors, oh, sticking, yeah. the, 
sticking the lino back down in the right. glue. You'd stick the lino stick back the down. Stick the lino back down, yeah. Right, right. And then uh, clean the toilets. Ooh. Vomit. Clean them, all sorts. All sorts. Clean yeah. the sprinklers. So the sprinklers are the things you put on the taps when you're pulling a pint. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, up north, yeah. because they're a bit, a bit strange. Up north, they like a big head on their beer. Uh-huh. But down south, you only got to have a little one. Uh-huh. So you put the sprinklers on to make a big frothy pint. Right. So that's the bar mm. The bar owner would love that, wouldn't they? They'd get less beer. Well, that's right. And then <laughs> all the slops that go into the trays, you just put it on the back of the beer again. <laughs> For a bit of flavour. <laughs> how, how, how long was the shift? Oh, I think from about five to eleven. So this was this was five in the in the, in two five in the afternoon. Yeah. So are these blokes retired? Or they just come out of the mines. What were they to do? Oh, a lot were unemployed. Yeah, yeah. So we used they used to get a bit squiffy, and then we'd kind of walk them back home. You'd walk them back home. Yeah. The barmaid would walk. Yeah. Help them up. What, what did the missus think? <laughs> Drag them up the stairs. Just leave them there. Leave them there. Knock on the door and run away. Right. <laughs> you didn't have a bus. You just used to walk them out. Walk them out, yeah. Uh, leave them on the doorstep. Yeah. That's a very friendly place. Social work. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. no. Bull mastiff, that's social work. Oh, Oh, no, I won't tell you that social work joke. It's, it is not appropriate. <laughs> there are kiddies in the cars. So, Al, you said like a year. Why'd you have up this glorious career for? What, hey? Pulling beers and walking <laughs> drunken old men home. <laughs> well, then I came back home to um, to lovely Hillingdon. Mm-hmm. And, um, no, what did I do after that? Oh, I worked in another pub. Another pub, right. And then I thought... Oh, a, bit, well, a bit more upmarket? It's a bit slightly more upmarket. Yeah. That was with Michael the Irish punter. Michael the Irish, Michael the Irish punter. He was lovely. What, he owned the bar? He owned the pub, yeah. He owned the pub. Michael what? and Bibi. Uh-huh. And, 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 and he was a punter, a real punter, was he? Yeah, so uh-huh. he'd, um, he'd take us out to SP, the races. Was he an SP bookie, was he? Yeah, I think he was. I think he would have been, yeah. 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 So, so he went to the races. Went to the races and then... Yeah. Um, then I thought, oh, I better get a career, really. <laughs> you really I better 20s. do something. Yeah, yeah. You didn't see much uh, future pulling beers, did you? <laughs> well, I got a job as a, as a social worker working for. Excuse me, hang on, hang on, yeah. hang on. How does a young woman go from pulling beers to a social worker? Did you get your degree from a cornflakes packet, <laughs> or did you? <laughs> a residential social worker. What is that? That's a carer. Oh, right, personal care attendant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you well, so, well, it was kind of sort of because the yeah. kids didn't really need care. Um, what happened was when the healthcare department at Honeywell Bull all got sacked, mm. then we looked for other jobs. And because I was volunteering, mm. I went for this job in a private healthcare mm. home for um, women who were 12 to 15 who'd been sexually abused. Mm-hmm. So I worked there for quite a time. And then I got a job. So these were girls between 12 and 15? 12 and 15, yeah. Uh, and what year was this? Oh, that was in Chiswick. So that was mm. um, that was after 1982. Mm. Must be 1985, something like so that. So that, that would have been very early stages of... Because before that, you wouldn't actually have a home, would you, for kids who are sexually abused, young girls? No, that's right, because it all went over to... It went, all went to private stuff. Mm. Um, so before well, then This is the Thatcher is it? Sorry? Is this before the Thatcher era or the Thatcher? This would be the Thatcher era, wouldn't it? Or? Oh, yeah. Well, Thatcher yeah. was um, when I was maybe... T- I remember watching her 
Mm. It was about eleven, twelve. So yeah. that was that must have been eight years after. After, so things yeah. had been privatised. And... Things were being privatised. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And was it like working there? I. It was really difficult. It was worthwhile, but it was quite difficult. Mm. Yeah. And how long did you last? Oh, a couple, a few years there. Right. Mm-hmm. That was one of my longer ones. Right. And then um, I, I and the the um, the home manager, we went to work for Centrepoint Soho, which is um, a home, young homelessness charity. In Soho. In Soho in London, yeah. So we worked there. Well, at least you've, there's a suburb I know about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was so back homelessness the then? Yeah, there was, there was. And what happened in um, in Westminster? was that, because um, Westminster's a Tory borough, mm. what they did is they collected all the homeless people and then dumped them... <laughs> dumped at the south and so high. <laughs> no, no, they dumped them, they dumped them outside, outside mm. the area, so, yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, there's a, um, there's a suburb in... Uh, well, it's more than a number of suburbs in Melbourne called Bayside. And a few years ago, it's full of private schools in one public school, high school, and at the end of the year, all the kids from the private schools who don't do very well, they bus into the the public school and enrol them for the next year because they don't want their marks to go down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the same concept. Yeah. Happens everywhere. Yeah. All right. So how long did you last there for? That was about five years. So Five years? Well, I did that when I was... I decided I wanted then to uh, go and to do speech and language therapy. Why? Because oh, a couple of girls that I was working with, they mm. had... Um, they had speech problems, language problems, and mm. we're learning disabled as well. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And I put myself through college working there and also f- um, for Chilip Mental Health in Haringey, which was a um, mental health charity of people with schizophrenia, older people. So you said you put yourself through college. Were you paying for this uh, degree? Yes, I was. Hmm. Um, but... but Early on, um, so when I was about twenty, twenty-two, you that was all paid for. Right. So yeah. by the time you started, you had to pay for. That's it. right. Yeah. All the uh, the legacy of the Thatcher era. That's right. Wonderful legacy. Oh, mate. Yeah, you started before we did, and we're just catching up. Yeah. All right. So uh, how? Um, so you're a, you're one of us. You're a professional. Yeah. Ah, so what's the degree you got? Uh, speech and language therapy. Speech and language therapy. How long did you last there for? I'm still doing it, 25 years later. Really? Yeah. You're more than a professional. Mm. Uh, you're an expert. Well. 25 years. Mm. All right. Um, when did um, you move to Australia? Ten years ago. Oh, we'll go back to England. So we've got plenty of time. <laughs> I thought maybe you just escaped. Well, I did. Well, we'll look at. We'll talk about that in a minute. Mm. You know, yeah, your escape. Escapee. <laughs> Escapee. Look, it's four twenty nine, almost four thirty. This is Radical Australian Community Radio three CR, streaming live on three cr dot org dot au. You've run out of water, Julie. I have. Uh, it's all well, gone. I'm sure there's a nice person listening out there in the studio who'll come in with a glass of water for Julie. Thank you. Because Dale and I are preoccupied interviewing her and restraining her <laughs> now yeah you know this program's podcast did you know that julie i've been told yeah you know what that means it means people can listen in later on after. for all eternity julie. could you imagine that no 
well, it is going to happen because Dale's going to do it at the end of the program because she's very good. She's the best expert. Here we are. Here's somebody with a glass of water. Just what the doctor ordered. Thank you very much. Oh, that's good. This is live radio. Have, have, have a sip of water Cheers. there, Shirley. This is live radio. You won't get this on any radio station anywhere <laughs> in Australia. I guarantee you. It means there are people out there listening, Shirley. <laughs> so be careful. I'll be careful. We're getting to the you know tricky stage of your life. I'll be struck now. off. All right. All right. So, how long did you last as a speech therapist in England for? Oh, hmm. So fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yeah. Did any stage you go on a holiday or leave England or go anywhere interesting or just stuck? Did you just stay in London? Oh, I was a speechy all around England mm. and Wales, and then a speechy. I like speechy. that. Speechy. Yeah, I like that. A speechy. What's your job? A speechy. <laughs> speechy. Wales. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's still United Kingdom, you know. It's not overseas. <laughs> <laughs> you never felt like flying to Paris or Barcelona yeah. or something. Been to Paris, jumped on a train, gone on a plane. Yeah, been been to Prague, Paris, um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. all over. All over. Well, that's good. Utah. I, was, I, was, I was getting the feeling you're a bit of a boring person, <laughs> but obviously you're not. I'm a boring interviewer. So. What would a typical day entail for you when you're in England, when you're working as a speechy? Depends which sort of client group, but mm-hmm. I was working with um, people with severe learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. So you'd get in, um, say, at 8.30, and then you'd uh, maybe have a few groups to see. Um, mm-hmm. You might go to... you do a couple of assessments. Right. Um, speak to the carers. Go out with the OTs, the occupational therapists, yeah. yeah. Mm. Maybe do a swallowing assessment mm-hmm. um, and, and just write up a therapy plan, mm. do some groups, take people out in the community. Mm. There's all in one day. Well, yeah. <laughs> it'll be through the week. Yeah. Yeah. Explain to people what uh, swallowing therapy or testing is and why you do it. Okay, so um, some people have difficulty in eating and chewing and swallowing. Mm-hmm. And that can be because of a head injury or it can be because they were just born like that or something happens to them. Mm -hmm. So what speech therapists do is we assess um, whether or not it's safe for somebody to to be able to take food in orally. Mm -hmm. And if they can't, then you can give them a peg or you can feed them through a tube. Mm -hmm. It's very important because the the big issue is as you as you. I don't know if listeners realise is if you can't swallow properly, there's a good chance you can aspirate. That means um, sucking uh, food into your lungs and get pneumonia and die because That's the right. mortality rate is still over 50% for people with aspiration pneumonia. So you do an exceptionally important job there. Thank you. Yeah. No, you do. No, people don't understand that. People just think, oh, the doctor does everything. I mean, we're just part of a team these days. Well, what happened when, mm. when I was in, and one of the reasons why I left England as well, mm. was that we had, when Tony Blair came in, mm-hmm. um, you had people in institutions, so people were, had been there since maybe they were two years old, now they're 40, mm. and they were in all the old um, hospitals, mm. and we wanted to move them out into the community, which mm. is good on paper. A good on paper, yes. Good on paper, but unless you've got the support there, then it all falls down. Yeah. And a lot of the people that I saw, so that we we gave them meeting and swallowing plans, communication plans, a lot of the people that we saw who moved out into the community maybe two to three months later were, had died from aspiration pneumonia because the, they weren't following protocol or because people were thinking, oh, they, you know, it's 
it's nice. It's their to, life, yeah. It's their life, and they want to. They like a bit of pizza or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah, so it's. Uh, it was a bit sad. Well, we had the same thing with the institutionalisation, as you said. Unless you've got the resources mm. to um, uh, follow up the program, you have major disasters. We had the same problem here, and a lot of people who now find themselves homeless mm. uh, in Australia would be people who would have found some type of asylum or accommodation. May not have been perfect, but at least it was a roof over their heads in the past. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So. Um, I'm going to ask a personal question, sure. though, Julie. I shouldn't ask this because yeah, this is radio. But did uh, did love come into your life at any stage during this period, or love? You know, L O V E, Valentine, <laughs> Saint Valentine. You know, yes. You got, you, you come get, and went. Come and went. Come and went. Come and went, Joe. Yeah. Come and went. Come and went. Come and went. Come and went. Yeah. Oh, never, yeah. never kind of got really involved. Well, there was. I suppose the first bloke I met, well, well, how old was I? I don't know. Oh, you don't have to tell us. No, no, listen, yeah. I was 19 and he was yeah. this French bloke and I yeah. thought he was lovely yeah. until he started to speak English and I thought, what a horror. Oh. So, <laughs> With a French accent. I thought, no, I don't like you. Yeah. Once I found out what he was saying and thinking, yeah. but yeah, and mm. then I then I met. Um, oh, oh, there've been a few. There've been a few. So then I um, met a few women. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, uh-huh. and then I, I used to. Oh, me and Rog, he was the gay bloke that he used to. He was a friend of mine because oh, yeah, yeah. I was at Central School of Speech and Drama. Right. AKA screech and trauma. That's well, where, where did all this come in? This, this? is this is when I, I retrained as a speech therapist. Excuse me. When I retrained as a speechy. You went to school drama. Speech and drama, yeah. Uh-huh. Central school screech uh-huh. and trauma. Right, right. Me and Roger used to get on the circle line and and do all the do all the gay and lesbian um, <laughs> <laughs> all the clubs uh-huh. and then catch the early bus home. You would. at six o'clock. You would. Gutter crawling, were you? No. No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> no, I wouldn't ask you about Never. that, Julie. No. All right, so did you, did you, did ever motherhood visit you or? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, I got that out of the way. That's no, no, no. No, that's excellent. Well, just, we, no. you know, people ask, they say, why don't you ask the hard questions, Joe? And I say, well, that's not my job. So, England, you're, uh, what, 45? Fifty, and you decide to leave. Oh, 42, sorry. 42. Yeah, 42, yeah. I mean, you know, you've got a career. <sighs> you're trawling the, the trains with your mates. You're going to all the gay scenes, and all of a sudden you decide to leave. What mm. happened? Well, I was living and working in West London at the time, mm. and um, it got quite, how can I put it? was really aggressive so I was beaten up on a bus coming back from Ronnie Scott's one night with a friend of mine so we were on the top of the bus right. and I was robbed well, was it just a random robbery or? yeah just random right. and I thought um, I'd, were, you, were, you, were you injured uh, physically much yeah or? I was yeah what, 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 what injuries did you sustain oh just bruises to my head and right. my boob and right. my, yeah my nose they just wanted your money basically just wanted the purse yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right. Well, it's not pleasant is no, the, is no. the first time it happened to you, or? Uh, yeah, it was. But I mean, I'd been travelling around on the buses, going to see all the different kids in the schools, mm. and it started to get really dodgy. Why do you think that was happening? Um, oh, 
a lot of Eastern Europeans and other people coming into London mm-hmm. and the Lithuanians didn't like the, the Romanians and the Romanians didn't like the and it was it just started to get there were too many people coming in. Right. Um, too quickly for the schools to cope with Mm -hmm. and for the health services to cope with. Mm. And uh, I think there were, in one school I went to, so this is a primary school, there were 82 different languages coming in and people people just couldn't cope. Mm. So And then I just thought, look, I'm I'm never going to be able to support myself as a single woman here. Mm -hmm. And um, it just, yeah, I just didn't feel safe anymore. Right, and so what did you do? How did you get here? Ah, well... In the team, half of the team were Aussies and Kiwis, and I thought, well, I might as well go and see what's going on in Australia then. Right, you, what you just we just we had a shortage of speech therapists, did we? Yeah, it's that simple. So, yeah, so it's the four, the old four, five, six yep. visa, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I came over on that, mm, and there was also a woman that I was, <laughs> that I was talking to online. So I came over to see her. Excuse me, it's love again. Oh well, it lasted. It lasted three days. It lasted three days. Three days. And then I I ran away. I ran away with my trolley up the hill. (laughs) You know what they say about internet romances, Julie? You know. Well, you know they 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 don't work out. They don't. I've got I've got two nieces. I've got a number of nieces, but I've got, and I was the master of ceremony. Two of their weddings. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I'm very good with words. <laughs> very. And uh, they were both internet. Oh. And I can assure you, I looked at them and I looked at the marriage and I thought, why am I here? But I went through with it, you know. <laughs> and then they both have been disastrous marriages and they got kids and oh, I was just terrible. And they were internet. Internet. I've got to think about the internet. That time you're on Tinder. No. (laughs) Not that I know what it is. (laughs) I went to see this woman in Utah. Yeah, Utah. (laughs) She was an ex-Mormon. An An ex-Mormon in Utah. You're making this up, aren't you? No, it's it's absolutely true, Joe. Was this this an internet uh, This is another internet one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people are going to come to my practice, aren't they? They're really smarty. (laughs) Isn't and we it? got pagan married where it's a jump over the moon, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the matron or the maid of honour was a pre-op transsexual called Brie Fairy Moon. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the thing was, this woman said, come into the circle, Timberwolf. And I looked around. I thought, Timberwolf. Who's, who's Timberwolf? <laughs> and, I said, and I said to my partner, I thought your name was Mel. She goes, yeah, that's my pagan name so then this woman says what's your name and I said oh, Julie <laughs> so come into the circle Julie <laughs> anyway anyway we were divorced by internet about a month afterwards I didn't know you didn't know you got I divorced I didn't know we got divorced I, I just saw it on them you didn't even get an SMS <laughs> you didn't even get an SMS that, that, that didn't get nothing that's it anything to you get read anything. it you read it on the net <laughs> That you've been divorced. Yeah. Oh, well, oh. I don't know what she's done. She's wafted a feather over some fire or something. By <laughs> the full moon. <laughs> I was young, Joe. You do these things. I'm taking it there. You do a speech assessment on me. I think I've got a problem here. Give me a. Give the Heimlich maneuver. Yeah, give me a Heimlich maneuver. I deserve it. Bring up all these memories on radio. All right. Okay. All right. Seriously, what have you been doing for the last 10 years here in Australia? Oh, well, I came over to, after I made that escape from that woman in uh, Coffs Harbour. (laughs) 
That was the internet. <laughs> yeah. I went, I went to Bellingham. So I was in Bellingham for a time and I loved it there. It's a nice uh, big river there. Uh-huh. And then I went to Coffs, because I was working in Coffs Harbour for a bit. What, with the uh, health service? Or? Yeah, so with uh, with children, well, um, 2 to 18, mm-hmm. people 2 to 18. Mm-hmm. And then... I just to get back one step, sure. did you notice much difference between the way that you worked here as a speech therapist? Therapist in comparison to the way you worked in England. Yeah, there's a lot of difference. Actually, what, what are the differences? Uh, you do more one-to-one work here, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you don't do a lot of one-to-one work in England. You do assessments and then you train people up mm-hmm. so to actually do the work. Yeah, yeah. So you train up the um, the, the teaching assistants and yeah. you, and people around. So look, okay. we don't train teaching assistants, or we think it's more important to do the one-to-one work. Yeah. You do, but you've got more uh, you've got more ability to do the one to one work here. So mm. in England, I think you only had full time about three hundred and seventy speech therapists for in, s- in England. In England, yeah, full time. What for fifty million? Yeah, yeah, three hundred. No, no, no. Sounds, no, I need a teaching assistant. <laughs> well, you can't do it. No, you can't do you it. You can't do it. Okay, you know. unless people would leave after two years. So you know, you know, they'd burn out. Yeah, you know, you'd go. What's that? One for seven hundred thousand people. It's like a third world developing country. Well, in Ireland, and yeah. I'm not saying that Ireland is, but <laughs> in Ireland, you, um, I think the waiting list was uh, five years. Five so, years. Yeah, so in England, in London as well, you'd have, I know in Haringey, uh, mm. you'd see, a, you'd have a speech therapy, a speech therapy service coming in mm. for years one and then for year three and then for year five. But then you're just losing people. Right. Why do you think there were so few trained in England and Wales and Scotland and Ireland? Oh, look, well, people were trained, but then um, the government decided that they didn't want to um, oh, put the... Oh, they weren't needed. They weren't needed, so... That's right. yeah. So they were, went pulling beers in bars instead. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so when you Tinsley got t- in Coffs Harbour, what would a typical day entail? That would be that would that's much more clinic based. So you'd have mm-hmm. people coming in to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might have people coming in who uh, had articulation difficulties. Well, could that you explain speech. to people what articulation is? Sure. So that's when you can't you can't actually make the words. Right. So you you might say um, "tup for cup" or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the adult service with the strokes. So this right. is with the kids. Yep. Um, you also might have a language problem with children so that mm. they might not understand concepts right so concepts like um why because or if then or heavy or mm. same as mm-hmm. they might be so you, you train them up to do that and you might also have kids with autism mm-hmm. uh, so you'd be looking at behavioral problems and talking about um, inferencing uh, facial expression things like that do you think you make a difference I'd like to think so. Um, yeah. Otherwise, your whole life would have been <laughs> wasted, wouldn't it? It'd have been like that Utah experience. <laughs> Utah. <laughs> Look, I mean, sometimes, sometimes, especially with adults with um, intellectual disabilities, you 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 can't make that much of a difference to their core language. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing is you're you're talking to people around them and saying, if you want to explain things to mm. them in a way that they're going to understand, do it like this, use visuals, talk slowly, make your words much shorter, make your sentences much shorter and point and do things, you know, do things mm. like this. And if you're 
talking to the people around those people and they they don't take up those suggestions, then you can feel pretty fed up. Right. right. Yeah, because nothing's going to happen. So how does a woman get from Coffs Harbour to Melbourne? What happened? Well, um, so Coffs Harbour... Again, they did the sort of last in, first out thing. Oh, right, yep, yep. Um, so I was, we were all without a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... It was a contract, was it? Yeah, That's contract. what I love doing here, contracts. Contract, yeah. six-month contract. Yeah. And then I went to Alice Springs. That would have been interesting. I was yeah. in Alice Springs recently. Oh, yeah. really? How did you find it? A little bit heartbreaking. <laughs> it is heartbreaking, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Why did you find it heartbreaking? Oh, you go out to some of the townships and you mm. think, wow. Is this Australia? Oh, it's just, yeah. Have you seen anything like that before in your life? No. No. So no. What, what really broke your heart regarding the townships? Just the way people were living. Mm-hmm. There was no, there was, bare, you know... There's no water. There's no, no, That's right. There's, there's no nothing, water. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing. People think, oh, why are they like that? Why is it they drink? Why are they violent? You know, you're right. There's no services. There's, there's nothing there. And a lot of the houses, that, well, the houses were built, but they weren't plumbed in because people mm. said, well, what's the point in plumbing them in? Mm. Um, so it was just, mm. yeah, we did the best we could. Um, mm. So how long did you last in Alice Springs? About six months there. Six it was months. a six-month contract, Another yeah. Another contract, and they said, it's over, off you go. Well, I came back, I found something in Melbourne, and I thought, I want to... What did you find in Melbourne? Uh, there was a a private company that were right. asking for a speech therapist, mm-hmm. so I thought, mm-hmm. okay. All right, get a stable job that's not based around a contract. Yeah. And was it, but did that happen? No. <laughs> <laughs> I expected that answer, too. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? Tell me, I'm crying. Um, <laughs> We've laughed. Well, oh, I hope she's not listening. Oh, you don't. You don't oh, name no, anybody. Oh, no, okay. no, we don't want to be sued. No, I know. <laughs> Well, yeah. And it didn't go well, in other words. No. It didn't go well. No. No. No, no we won't go into no, it. No, no. How long did you last? Oh, mate. Maybe a year, maybe nine months. Were well, you year. showing the door or did you just walk out at the end? No, we'll, we weren't paid. You weren't paid? <laughs> and also, also the, the, people went, the people went on holiday to, um, where did they go? New Zealand, yeah, and then they did, no, they didn't come back. <laughs> so I was, people were phoning me up saying, oh, "You owe us money for Telstra and stuff like that." I thought, "I don't, I'm not here. I'm not head of the company." <laughs> they did come back eventually, uh, but no. I just thought, "No, I'm not being paid." So you decided to move on. I decided to set up my own little company. Oh, that's good. Yeah, a couple of days a week. Well, that's the way to be self-employed. I've been self-employed for what forty years, over forty years. Yeah. You've only got one person to blame if things don't go right, haven't you? Yeah. Yourself. That's true. I mean, you try and sort things out. Because I used to be a union rep, amicus rep um, mm-hmm. in London mm-hmm. for healthcare workers, and I'm a union rep now Right. for um, Allied Health, Victorian Allied Health. Right. So, How long yeah. have you been a union rep for? For about a week. A week? <laughs> for about a week. But I was, uh, I was you, for, you, for a lot you, longer. Allied Health. <laughs> Uh, speech therapist, yeah. Yeah, a yeah. week. Mm. How'd you land that plum job? That because it doesn't pay, does it? No, it doesn't <laughs> pay. 
Why? Because you're just bubbly and, you know. And I just thought it was a good thing to to do. We're, we're all the allied health professionals are waiting if they're working in community health are waiting mm. uh, waiting on a a payment which has been delayed for three years. Right. So yeah. So and it's been it's got to go to Fair Work Australia again. Again. So, again. Yeah. So who, who are you struggling with? Victorian state government. Yeah. Um, so I just thought I'd, I'd try and do my bit and, mm. and join in. Well, that's good because the Fireys finally got their settlement. It took six years. So wow. Yeah, and uh, there's uh, the, the Bureau of Meteorology. I think they're in their seventh year, and these are all government agencies basically that they're dealing with. The Victorian state government, just extraordinary. So you may be a union rep for a long time. Oh, good. Yeah, you like it. Yeah, I do. Well, what do you, what do you like about it? I haven't done much yet. I've just no, it's a week. week. Yeah, but what a you, week. Yeah, you've had your training. What do you, what I've got you, my stickers. Yeah, you got your stickers. <laughs> <laughs> you can walk in and say, look here. You're not... Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. Are yeah. you enjoying your current work? I am, actually. Oh. Yeah, it's good. How long have you been with this, this mob? <laughs> don't, you don't name them, <laughs> just in case they're listening. It's a year. A year. Well, yeah. that's excellent. That's a long time for you in a one job. So how long have you been in Melbourne? Uh, eight. Eight years. Eight years. Eight, nine years, mm-hmm. yeah. So when did you stumble into 3CR? Don't say last week. No. Uh, <laughs> do you know, maybe three weeks ago. Three weeks ago? <laughs> three, four weeks ago. And why, why would a speech therapist stumble into 3CR three or four weeks ago? What happened? How would you find out about the station? Oh, I was listening on, the, on my car radio. You're kidding. And, uh, you're you're the listener. They tell us we have. <laughs> Are you the three CR listener, Julie? That's me. <laughs> Dale, we've got a listener. The mind boggles. <laughs> Are and you I, the one who subscribed? I did subscribe. Yeah. yeah. And I thought this is this is good. This well, is what, what we were listening do. to. I was listening to um, dogs and to the gardening show uh-huh. and to. Um, yeah, to you. To yeah. <laughs> me, poor thing. <laughs> At least you'll learn from the gardening show. <laughs> you know, we're going to have Radiophon soon in June. Ooh. And the gardening show, if you're a gardener, Julie, if you've even got a few pots in your little spot in the in the universe, has a lot of giveaways. Oh, okay. Thousands of dollars worth. And me and the gardening show are in this battle to see who gets the... Bronze or silver medal, because we can never beat the CFMEU. Uh, they bring in the cash in truckloads. Okay. But me and the gardening show, we're at each other's throats. So I suggest you donate to the garden show right. and get some freebies. Forget about the Anarchist World this <laughs> week or Radical <laughs> Australia. So what brought you to 3CR? Um, well, as I said, I was listening on the mm. radio, yeah. and I just I wanted to do... Look, you can spend all of your life doing a stupid job where you're knackered at the end of the day, mm. trying to buy a house, paying off the mortgage, and your life has gone. What is the point in doing that? Why not come and talk in your community mm. and at least try and connect with people? Mm. Sorry, mm. moving away from the microphone. And that's what I want to do. I wanted to connect with people to, because I want to find out what's going on. Mm. And I also want to give something to the community, and also it's good fun. 
It is good fun. People yeah. forget that. It is, it is good, good fun, fun to be fun. on radio. Yeah. We've had a great time. <laughs> Not that it's finished yet, but it's uh, we've had a great time. It is yeah. fun. It yeah. is fun. It makes you alive. It does. Because you're part of a, a, a community. Yeah. So how did you first contact 3CR? Did you pick up the phone, send an email, knock think, on the door? Uh, I think I emailed. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's right, because I was, um, yeah, my... I did a, a journalism course, and oh. my old journalism tutor, she ran a program here, mm-hmm. and she said, oh, why don't you contact them if mm-hmm. you want to do some voluntary work? Because mm-hmm. I, I work voluntarily at a community theatre as well. Right. Which community theatre? Maudie Alec. Ah, so you're a southern suburbs bill, are That's you? That's right. Suburb Maudie girl. Alec Theatre. That's quite... It's been around for about 50 years, isn't it? Yeah. Is that the one in Parker's Road, or is that the other theatre? No, I think it's that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite a, one of the one of the major uh, amateur theatrical. Not that we would use the word amateur, <laughs> semi-professional theatrical places. Yeah, well, it, it is good fun. It is good yeah. fun. Yeah. So you are a joiner, basically. Yeah. So obviously, when you arrived here, everybody was rude and mean to you, were they? <laughs> no, they're lovely, actually. You're kidding? Um, no, p- people in Australia are really friendly, mm. and I really like that. Yeah. Even yeah. at three CR, people were nice to it's... you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, it's uh, it's a really nice uh, it's a nice nice place. Well, you to come. surprised me when I used to walk in the door. I walk in on Wednesday or Thursday. I usually grunt my way up to the studio, and there you were smiling. And I thought, what's wrong with this woman? <laughs> Have you got any plans for the future? Yes, I want to set up um, a community magazine for people with disabilities. Right. So, um, How are you going to do that? I'm looking at uh, grants at the moment, mm-hmm. so community grants to set that up. And what type of magazine? One that you hold in your hands, a legacy media or uh, something on the net? Or you got any ideas? Yeah, I want it to be print and digital. Right, both. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm just kind of working through how that's going to happen at the moment. Mm. And and, mm. and content-wise, you got ideas regarding content? Is going to be some people are going to send in content, or you're going to do most of the content? Or well, I was. I wanted people to send in content. I'm going to start start it with some um, sort of. I don't know. I mean, I'm think. I'm thinking it's. You're at the conception. Yes, indeed. Mm. I d- yeah. So, mm. so I want it to be for people with disabilities because I want it to be like a, a work, a proper work um, mm. employment thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. I want people to come in. I want people to, and train people up. Right. So I want to a bit like what's happening with uh, people with Aspergers who right. are, who are being trained up to be programmers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, where they pay fifteen dollars. Yes, yes. That's what I want to do. So right. I want people to come in. I want to employ mm-hmm. editors. I want to mm-hmm. employ journalists mm-hmm. and graphic designers, and then train people up, and then develop our own magazine. So it's uh, I'm in consultation with people at the moment. Mm. Well, all I can wish you is the best of luck with that because I think you've got the experience. <laughs> And the personality to make it to make it happen. Thank you, Joe. Because some people you talk to and you think, oh yeah, oh yeah, but I've got a good vibe talking to you that this will happen. I'm going to make it happen. Well, you will happen. Crook, yeah. You actually have a website people can contact you on. Yeah, at this stage. Uh, yep. So mm. it'll be my um, speech you, therapy website. Are you happy to give it out on air? Sure. All right. So it's speech dot com dot au. Chelsea, you're down in Chelsea. God's own country. <laughs> How far are you from the beach? 
just on the beach. About five, on the beach? About five minutes from the beach, oh, just over the other side of the, yeah. The great thing about being in Port Phillip Bay is if you live, if you're uh, north, no, south, south of about ooh, Brighton Beach, there's no sewerage. <laughs> Don't tell me that, Joe. But there isn't, because you're Selvitz, Chelsea Selvitz. Don't tell me you that. You can go down there. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Julie Moss, for coming in. It was a pleasure talking to you. Cheers. Uh, England's loss, Australia's gain. Thank you very Coffs, much. Have, Coffs Harbour's loss, Melbourne's gain. Hopefully you'll live and die here in Melbourne because we need people like you, not just at 3CR, but in the city. We need people with your sense of humour and your determination. So thank you very much, Julie. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Dale. Find my way back home